Hello, guys and dolls, and welcome to the Piece of Candy podcast. Woo! Woo! We are back again for our fourth episode. It's amazing that we've made it this far. Yeah. Do you, if you look back at episode one, did you ever imagine that we'd get this far in the series? To episode four? I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for coming back, folks. This week we are talking about a book series, and that book series is uh, well. What 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 do you call this book series? We were just having this conversation off microphone. Yes. Um, I think overall it is referred to as technically the Old Kingdom series. Yeah. Um, but it's quite a vague name, isn't it? It is quite a vague name, but it does encompass all aspects of the characters mm. um but i think for te- um i remember once i was playing a playing a drinking game um and we went uh, we were going going around and they said okay for this round you have to give the name of um of a fictional land from from a book series or a film series and obviously whoever can't think of one or messes up has to take a drink Yep. came to me and I said the old kingdom and everyone turned around to me and said what no you can't have that huh. and yeah it's, it's 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 very indistinct I would it would be much easier if uh, if old Garth Nix had uh, had given the the kingdom a name yeah it is just called the old kingdom there's no technical name for it is there yeah it's never even in even in Clarell the uh, it's still the old kingdom. It's still the old kingdom, <laughs> even though it's set sort of centuries before the stories of, uh, of Sabriel and Liriel. Yeah. So hmm. Oh well, never mind. It's, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the old kingdom does, like I say, it does encompass all the books from the series, which obviously includes. Um, the we, other side novels, such well, such as Creature in the Case, it doesn't actually involve any Aporsons. That's true. Well, in in, in a way it does, because uh, Liriel turns up at the very end of Creature in yeah. the Case. Very end. Very end. Very end. But then you could also argue that, uh, that none of Creature, of the Ca- Creature in the Case takes place in the Old Kingdom. It all takes place in Ancelstia. Why am I still friends with you? Because <laughs> you love me. That's uh, lying, filthy lie. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. Oh dear. Um, yeah, Miss Miss Clever thinks she's all Miss Clever. I could be. <laughs> I've got degrees. You do. You have degrees diplomas. and diplomas. Hey, I'm. Anywho, yeah. Yes. This, this, Anywho. this week, this week, those are the books that we are talking about. Which is your favourite book from the series? Sabriel. Sabriel, the first one. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. So yeah, the best books. one of the three. The best. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, no, we'll ignore number four. Best <laughs> one of the three. <laughs> what is your uh, favourite book of the series? I don't know. I really, I really like them all, and I really. I love the ending in Ab Horston so oh, much. Oh, yeah, but that is um, a good ending. See, that's the thing for me is Sabriel's very good, but the ending isn't... I didn't think the ending was fantastic. I was uh, a little bit disappointed that is right. Um, I thought, oh, well, is, is that it? Mm. <laughs> so that just happened and we're just all going to get back exactly. to normal then? Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, spoiler warning. Um, she dies. It, <laughs> Dead blur. No, no she I does. Just, she dies. I, I know she does. <laughs> and then all her ancestors are like, yeah, go back and get kissy with Touchstone. You uh. need to make babies. <laughs> go make more babies so we can have more abortions. But but in the next book, Lyriel's already been born. Shush, yeah. babies. Yeah, shush, shush. You make babies now. <laughs> You go make my babies, and you go fight the demons and the ghosty ghosties, and then make babies. But you, you, yeah, you need to teach Lyriel when she grows up. But she's self-taught in yeah. the next books. 
already. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was even even the setting of the final battle. I mean, although it it's nice in one way, you know, you have her old school friends mm. sort of teaming teaming up and dying for her. <laughs> yeah. But it in a way it's 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 a bit less epic than the setting in uh, a few chapters before when her father charges into battle with Kerrigor beneath the royal palace mm. on Palace Hill in the um oh, I can't remember what they they call the the big chamber with the great charter stones. Um... it's very sad when um I forget the name of Sabriel's father. He's called our Paulson for most of the We don't work. actually know because he's just referred to our Paulson. I'm sure I didn't. I'm sure we got we got the name at some point. No, we? no, no. He was just Maybe. referred to as our Paulson. Maybe I'm I remember um, watching, well, watching, <laughs> reading um, the story, and I was actually wait, hang on, his name isn't our Paulson. That's just his title. I think. Uh, my my brain wants to say Moggit say, t- says it, maybe in a later book. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah, but no, that, that, that scene where uh, he tells Sabriel and Touchstone to run off and he faces down Caragor and his massive army of the dead that's sort of swarming into the swarming into the pool with the gate Touchstones around and mm. then he rings the, the, the final bell. Runner. Uh, Runner. And no, Rana's the sleep. Rana's the first bell. Rana's the shit oh, sleeper bell. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, what's the Astarel. 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 Yes. Um, ah. <laughs> and yeah, and drags Caragor and all his minions down deep into death. And Buying that bit, time. Mm, that bit's that bit's awesome. And then it's like, ooh, yay, army guys. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that the the um, build up to that particular battle did give me a certain sense of chills and like a little bit of anticipation. Mm. Just watching, you know, slowly you could hear the bells dying out. You know, the bells stopped ringing, the the fog curling up around the corner, and then there's just this quiet as yeah, all the that's army. True. And then you have the 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 sergeant sort of on the radio, and slowly the other yeah. end of the radio dies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the electricity doesn't work. Mm, that is very creepy. So, no, I did like the build-up, but the actual battle itself and then the ending, it just fell a bit flat. Mm, just a little bit. I mean, it's it was a, it was too much of a big sort of a big setup to have the sort of oh, we, in the end we tricks him with we we defeat him with a trick using the Moggit uh, bell belt ring thing. <laughs> thing majigger <laughs> thing majigger yeah um <laughs> so but uh it, but uh, that's enough me, about but... endings we just thought about beginnings we're starting it's all wrong we are we're doing it all, all wrong <laughs> right so in the beginning <laughs> um Okay. In the first, there are three books, and we do start uh, with our main protagonist, Sabriel, uh, which is then followed by serial books of Lyriel and finally Abhorson. And there's a couple other side books, novellas, which such as Creature in the Case, which comes with a side story, mm-hmm. um, Hold the Bridge again. It's just a little bit of a novella. Um, Hold the Bridge, isn't that sort of a diary extract? Or is that yeah. Else? Yeah, I mean, I haven't particularly... Read a all weird of it. One, that one. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the latest instalment is uh, Clariel. <clears throat> but. Uh, a, a, a prequel book of sorts. Yes. And uh, we'll probably get on to that very briefly later <laughs> on. <laughs> um, so, to start with, Sabriel, she is our main protagonist, and it's, well, again, it's a feminist in me. I like to see a strong female character. Uh, which these books are very full of. So do I. I I, I do. I also am liking <laughs> girl strong female character. Um, you traitor. Me, me man, stupid mouth. You stupid man. <laughs> but I, you know, I, this is a trouble. I can't hold this point against any individual novel. Um, but it's a trend in, especially in fantasy novels, 
that is starting to tick me off. Um, mm. And that is, oh, the strong female girl character has long black raven hair. <laughs> every oh single book, every love interest, you know, the sci-fi writer thinks, oh, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to have a sort of big booby blondie girl. My, yeah, my, my cat, my hero, my heroine is going to be raven haired, you know, and thin look, and gawky looking. Yeah. Look, my, yeah, my, my, my character isn't a blonde like Hollywood says she should be. <laughs> look, I'm so different. <laughs> mm, exactly. And it's, as I say, I can't hold it against any one particular book, no. but it's a trend that really annoys me by now. Um, in uh, in another book series we were considering for this week, the Bartimaeus books, yeah. Kitty, Kitty Jones, in oh. that is yeah, long dark, long straight black hair. Um, Aria in the Aragon books, which I've recently been rereading as well, beautiful elf, long, long black dark hair. hair. <laughs> it's like How throw in a thro- throw in a redhead or a, yeah, there you go, that's a good one, Hermione, Hermione, bushy brunette. <laughs> weird ginger <laughs> yes yeah see that, that that's good good old rowling but uh yeah all all the rest possibly possibly it's always if it's a male author maybe that's the trend there. maybe it's the trend hmm. maybe it's their fantasy girls oh well but uh yeah never mind um <laughs> That is how Sabriel is described as a very pale, um, uh, raven-haired black girl with actually um, a bob haircut, which I thought was very unusual. Mm. Uh, So you know she actually has quite short hair because she's described with a bob. So I don't know why in the um, in the cover title to some of these books, yes, she's seen. She has long flowing Mm. black hair in the wind. Yeah, because uh, when we first described, described is she has a fashionable um, bob that is such was the fashion in the Ancestria at that era, which is kind of set in a similar time to 1910 uh, England, yeah, almost uh, very similar connotations in that era. Yeah, um, yeah. So they, 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 yeah. Radios and movie theaters, but not televisions. Mm. And like bayonets and like the weaponry, the revolvers, uh, and their helmets and their trenches, in fact, are very, very similar description to the First World War um, and yeah. their uniforms. Um, so it's kind of a rough timeline, I guess, uh, for the setting of the book. Obviously, we don't know for sure when it was set. It is, uh, you know. Fantasy fiction. Whereas the, the old king, the old kingdom that is uh, across the wall in the north of Encelstia, essentially uh, Hadrian's Wall. Yes. What is it with fantasy books and their great and big Hadrian's walls and wall. with walls in the north? The north. It's never to the east or to the west. It's always <laughs> up in the, the north. north. <laughs> and always something magical or different is beyond the north. Mm. You yeah, must but... never go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they're all they're all medieval hicks, but there's magic, so yay. So, so yay, <laughs> magics. But when we come to um, be introduced to the story, magic in the old kingdom is actually starting to fail, mm. uh, and that is due to the rise of an old power. In this case, Kerrigal. At destroying what is their version of well stones, uh, their magic is called charter, and it is regulated kind of or distributed, I should say, by these charter stones. But through the past hundred or so years, they've been um, broken, thus weakening charter magic, which is essentially the good magic, mm. and free magic, which is the bad magic. Uh, more power. Yeah. Well, free magic not inherently bad, but mm, um, no. has you know it's it's is more dangerous in its nature in that it's as the charter magic the charter is in almost in a way like a language, yes. like an alphabet. 
symbols that, that, res- that restrains the magic and lets you and, le- and lets you sort of codify it. Whereas free magic is, well, just that free magic. Mm. It, you do what the fuck you want. You don't know. Yeah, you, you you do what you want, but uh, it's very dangerous. It's hard. To, it's hard to control. Um, it's more emotional. Mm. Yes, and yeah. charter is more literal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how you explain that? <laughs> logical. Logical. Yeah, yeah. Logical. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Well, Kerrigore's aim is to destroy the great charter stones, which uh, are which are situated under the royal palace in uh, the city of Belisaire, which is the capital of the old kingdom. Yes. Uh, and he managed to uh, to break a couple of them, I think. Yes, he, he managed to break two of them with the Queen's Blood. No, three. It must have been three. Because it was a Queen's Blood and her daughters. Mm. So he, he, the Charter Stones can only be broken with the blood of the five. Um, well, well, essentially... Ah, you the, can you remember the rhyme? Well, it's... it's mm, I can't remember the rhyme, but essentially the, there are three bloodlines in which the Charter runs strongest, which are the Ab, is the Abhorson bloodline, which are the folks who keep the dead down. There's the Royal mm-hmm. bloodline and the Clare's bloodline. The Clare... Uh, the uh, the witches in the north who can see the future. Oh, the Claire. They're so Claire-like. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to describe them. They're also I'll I'll tell you how They're to describe blonde. them. Yes, blonde exactly. They're <laughs> so blonde. They're so blonde and brown-skinned, <laughs> apparently. Well, it's because they 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 spend all day tanning when they're not looking into the future. Evidently. Um, so yeah, those are the main bloodlines, but there are two other bloodlines that have been lost, uh, which is the wall makers, which were mm-hmm. the original people who made the wall, uh, and the. Uh, this escapes me now. Who who are the other ones? Oh, the other ones. They the weren't. Nece- they weren't ne- well, the trouble is, they weren't necessarily originally a bloodline. They were the makers of the Charter Stones. So they weren't necessarily people. They may have been part of the one of the Nine Bright Shiners. Uh, but that's the thing. In Liriel... Um, what's his name? Liriel's friend. Sam? Nick? Sam. Yes, because it turns out he has the blood of a wallmaker. Mm. So, I think some of them did have were obviously family. Yeah. Well, it's all it's all a little bit of a mishmash. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to exactly codify some of the different pieces because um, you have uh, the nut you 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 had the. Originally, in, in the lore of the world, you had the nine bright shiners, um, who were the great powerful entities in in the universe, we'll say the empty universe, mm. and uh, seven of them, and there were various worlds that were created, and when Earth was created, the or the Earth of uh, of the book series, uh, seven of the nine bright shiners decided that this would be the world that they would build upon, where they would exist. Um, but one of them, one of the nine bright shiners, uh, Oranis, Oranis, the ninth and the greatest, tried to destroy the world. But the seven who wanted to build on the world stopped him and uh, broke him in two and trapped him and uh, broken in two and buried under, under hill ever to lie there wishing us ill <laughs> uh, you, I, I can read you the entire thing if you'd like oh I do, I do love the poem it's okay. great I'll sing you a song I won't actually sing I'll <laughs> sing you a song of the long ago seven shine in seven shine the shiners oh what did the seven do way back when why they wove the charter then five for the warp from beginning to end 
two for the woof to make and mend. That's the seven, but what of the nine? What did the two that chose not to shine? The eighth did hide, hide all away, but the seven caught him and made him pay. The ninth was strong and fought with might, but lone Oranis was put out of the light, broken in two and buried under hill, forever to lie there, wishing us ill. I love that poem. Yes. <laughs> um, I've only just got that reference. Two for the woof. Two for make... the woof. <laughs> to make and mend. Yeah. Uh, probably the best part about Lyriel and Abhorse in the second and third books is the distributable dog. Uh, she she's a fantastic <laughs> character. I I'd say the the best characters in in all the books yes. are, are the talking animals, such <laughs> as they are. Yes, um, the distributable dog and Moggit. Oh, Moggit. Who spoiler spoiler alert was the uh, with the eight was the eighth bright shiner who hid did hide all away, but then they caught him and made him pay, yeah. and, and that... it, to pay was his servitude forevermore to the uh, family Apostles mm-hmm. until until again spoiler alert the end <laughs> of uh, the end of Abhorsen when uh, he's freed and given the choice. To take his revenge on the Abhorsons or join them and help to uh, defeat Aranis for the second time. Uh, fortunately, he makes the right choice. Hooray! And uh, because uh, because of the taste of fish or some such, if I remember rightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's very much been used to being not kind of pampered at such, but you know he's used to a good life. You know, they didn't weren't mean to him. Well, <laughs> the Abhorsons we see weren't mean to him. I, that's true. The Abhorsons we see weren't mean to him. Abhorsons of of the past are uh, were, by all accounts, not always so nice. No. No, they weren't. But I do like Moggett. Um, mm. he, he's almost like a, a refreshing character. He yes. brings a kind of sarcastic, dry dryness to it. More of a reality check. He, yes, he's he's wonderfully cynical about mm. any and all plans that anyone makes in the books. Everything. And, uh, sort of, yeah. Or you'll say, all in all, it's uh, it's only the third worst plan I've ever heard in all the thousands of years I've been I've been in servitude. Um, and uh, yes, but he but he likes being where the action is all the same. Mm. Da. Uh, da. I just found out Sabriel's father's name. It's Tercial. I knew it was in the books somewhere. Yes, it's Tercial. I think I think it's Moggett. Moggett uh, says it uh, when talking about why he when he his different forms because he's usually seen as a cat, but he can. Also appear as uh, as a short sort of little goblin-like man, um, but per- Tercio bans him from using that form, I believe. Short using the albino dwarf. Yeah. Ter- oh no, as um, Jereziel. Oh well. It was the forty-eighth abhorsen forbade him for doing for reasons uh, unknown, uh, um, but for some reason. The Tercial, the Abhorsen, allowed him to, because he didn't know who Moggett was. Okay. Because when Sabriel said, "Oh yeah, you know Moggett, the the white cat." Oh yes. And then he's yes, like, "What what what white cat? You, you must have been this person. Oh, you know, he's always been a small white man to me." <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway, when he's when he's not free and turning into a sort of raging column of free white magic. fire. Yes, there's another. I thought it was a very clever aspect that the way they've well enslaved him almost is it all lies down in his collar, which is imbued with both charter and free magic, hmm. and it has a little uh, Saraneth bell, which is the bell of obedience, uh, or well binder as it were, the favourite of all Abhorsons. Uh, 
But when, well, essentially, if the if the abortion is in desperate times, you know, desperate times, desperate measures, and all that hoo ha, uh, they can in fact remove the collar, and Moggett will return to his uh, pre uh, was his name Uriel. Uriel, yeah. Uriel, his free magic form, and before he, well, destroys the Air Porson, yeah. there are a few minutes, I guess, where he is still loyal to the Air Porson. Well, and... it's, it's never sort of explicitly shown, but um, you can guess that possibly before his collar is removed, he can be bound to do a task um, once the collar is removed. Um, but after that task is complete, he is then free to try and exact his revenge. Yes. I think that might be it. Um, because uh, Sabriel's father somehow um, sort of charges him with returning returning the bells and sword to Sabriel. And after he, says, he goes to face down Kerrigore. Yeah. And he, my... in, in the middle of the battle at the end, <laughs> shows up in the fight. Oh, hey, guys. Thought you might need this. Yep. And uh but in in that final ba- battle uh the Sabriel's Saraneth bell is broken and she has to bind him instead with the Rana bell which is the sleeper. And so Moggett becomes even more cat-like by sleeping all the time because of the yeah. bell around his neck. <laughs> Again with the re- rebinding him I thought it was very clever mm. the way they did that as well. Uh, with the um, well, essentially, Morgan comes with a ring. <laughs> <laughs> he comes with a, a a ring which the Abhorson does have to wear. So, whenever they've released Uriel, Uriel, whatever, um, the ring turns into a large hoop, almost, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, a very large hoop. The ring expands. And all the Abhorson then has to do is put this hoop over the over Uriel's head and pick their uh, yeah. bell of it, choice. Yeah, it has to be the magic has to be sealed with a bell to trap mm. him properly. And then he goes back to being cat until the next time his collar is removed. <laughs> uh, which was actually I thought was a very clever way of how they defeated Kerrigor because mm. essentially. It's, it's... It's a very good. It's a very good series for its magic structure. Yes, I'd say. it's very well structured with yeah. all the little, um, just all the little pieces that make it all up. The detail mm. in the bells, in all these segments of death, and um, oh, by the way, Sabriel and Aporson—they're technically necromancers, but good necromancers. Yeah, instead of raising the dead, they put the dead they down. Put the dead back down again, um, and the bells are there. Or necromancy tools, essentially. So there are seven bells altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rana is the sleeper, prompting drowsiness to the auditor. Mosrael, the wa- the waker, transmitting the ringer further into death, but the auditor into life. So it's not a very good bell. They don't really use it very often, because <laughs> uh, that usually wakes up the dead. Kibeth the walker, which can give the dead freedom of movement or force them to walk according to the ringer's intention. Dirim, the speaker, used either to revive or annul the hearer's ability to speak. Belgare is the thinker. It's used to restore or remove a memory. Saraneth, the binder, a favourite of the Abhorsons, obviously, because used to control the dead directly. And finally, we have Astariel, which is the Weeper, also named the Sorrowful, which sends both the Ringer and the Auditor far into death. Um, so each bell does have a specific power over the dead and free magic creatures, if used, obviously, by um, a skilled necromancer. But it can also be used on living people as well. Um, so it's going to be very... Well, very careful in the way you can use it. Um but if you if a necromancer is caught unawares uh, without their bells, as Sabriel did demonstrate, she can actually control them with whistles and claps. Yes, there's a way to uh, 
the the bells ha- each have their own certain notes. Yes. And by as you say, using uh, using whistles or claps at just the right pitch, you can disrupt the sound of a bell to uh, to to stop it having its desired effect. Mm. Uh, but it's a dangerous thing to do because a bell gone awry can uh, can have dangerous effects to anyone who hears it. So it's a bit of a last last ditch effort mm. to uh, to do. Uh, I believe uh, Prince Sam, Sabriel's son, does it in the beginning of Luriel. Yes. When the uh, when the necromancer try when yeah the necromancer hedge tries to capture him and bind ah. him to his will. <laughs> and he doesn't do so good. Nope. Sam <laughs> Sam disc- manages to yeah discord the bell and escape from death, and uh, the necromancer then goes uh, then accidentally captures his friend Nick instead. Oh no! Uh, but oh well. Who makes the necromancer's plan plan much more complicated? <laughs> Just a tad. Just a tad. Um, but, go, but going back to the um, some of the details, like the um, the districts of death. Yes, den, death is split into nine precincts mm-hmm. with nine gates. Uh, not all of them are fully described in the books, yeah. um, because even though we, even though uh, in the last book, Liriel goes all the way to the, to the ninth gate um, through uh, various through perspective jumping. I think it's the seventh precinct. Yeah, or... that's the only precinct with not fully, not described, fully described, but in the books. says presumably similar to like the first one or the fourth. Mm. And um, but uh, all the gates have different uh, methods of navigating them safely. Um, if you want to be able to get out of death again, uh, mostly most of them being free magic spells um, that uh, allow you to traverse death. Death is uh, described as um, a river, um, but a river with no with no borders, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and uh, it's divided by different gates that you have to pass through. And some bits of the river, like the first the first precinct, uh, the water's flowing nice and gently, and it's just a just a, a tug at your knees. Um, and then there are some precincts. Where giant waves come crashing it through. I believe that's the third precinct. Um, and uh, anyone yes. who, if you get swept up in the waves, you get washed deeper into death. Um, and it all culminates with uh, the ninth precinct, where which is the true and final death once you pass through the ninth gate, which is uh, looking up at a beautiful starry sky. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting interpretation of death <laughs> certainly a very complicated one it's certainly yes it's certainly very uh, complicated um but it makes for good reading it does it makes a very good reading <laughs> makes a so. very good reading um but the thing about the all these precincts is essentially people can get trapped in death I yes. guess you can say, get trapped in yeah. death, which is what Kerrigor is. He is kind of a necromancer slash free magic being. It's, what would you say he is? Undead? Well, he becomes what's known as one of the greater dead, doesn't yeah. he? Okay, yeah, um, so he's part of the greater dead. He, he started off as an ordinary human. Um, he was the prince of the realm, um, but then went off travelling and uh, discovered... Yeah, ways to control free magic power, and he obviously travelled in travelled in death. Uh, we don't know when he became an actual free magic creature or a free magic undead creature. It's never mm. quite it's never quite described. No. Um, but uh, yeah, we know we know he should have died, and he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. And he still hasn't died because uh, no, that's yeah, not going how back they defeat him. To, going back to the earlier point is the only way that could. It was very difficult to defeat greater undead people like Kerrigal because he has so much knowledge of cheating death. He knows mm. how to navigate the, the gates. He has the power. So how do you kill something that can't be killed? Yeah. Uh, and the way it actually happened is was a showdown between Mogget in Urel's form and Kerrigal. 
Uh, eventually, Kerrigor seems to have won by eating Urel, but then when he finally comes to end Sabriel, she feels her ring getting bigger and bigger. And so all she has to do is put the ring over the creature's head, and voila, she now has two kitties. <laughs> a black one and a white one. A black one and a white one. I wonder if uh, if we'll see Kerrigal ever come back because there is there is a future book planned. Yes, um, Golden Hand, I believe, unless the he decides to change the clear name. Um, but currently, the title of the new book, hopefully, possibly coming out this end of this year, uh, Golden Hand. Hmm. Uh, do we have any information on the new book at all? I don't believe so. Obviously, it'll uh, the the one of the main characters will be Lyriel, um, because okay. of the, because of the title of the book. Uh, because at the end, uh, spoilers, at the oh. end of Abhorson, the last book in the trilogy, uh, when Aranis is bound, Lyriel has to use a sword which is as deadly to the wielder as it is to the one it's wielded on. Um, but just as she stabs Aranis to cut him in two once again the disreputable dog bites off Lyriel's hand that she holds the sword with to uh, stop the the curse of the sword or the magic of the sword from killing Lyriel. Uh, so she loses her hand, but uh, the disreputable dog foresees that Sam will make her a charter magic hand that uh, will be golden, and she predicts that uh, Lyriel Golden Hand, they call her. Oh. Uh, which is probably a very incorrect quote. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's a very good theory. It makes sense. Yep. Makes sense. And, and uh, the theory also being that it'll be the story of Lyriel and, uh, and Nicholas Sayre, who uh, returns to the Old Kingdom at the end of uh, Creature in the Case novella. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very odd side story involving Nick. Hmm. I just didn't, because he was very much just a side character, but now he's almost becoming a main character. Well, obviously the the there was a a bit of a romantic connection between him and Lyriel. Um, yeah. In uh, in the Abhors in the last book, the Abhorson book, and a little in um, in the second book, Lyriel as well. When Lyriel uh, is given is granted the uh, the vision into the future by the Clare. I think even then, there's a bit of a twinge of, oh, he looks all right. <laughs> He's not so bad, is he? He looks all right. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I'd I like to see them together, I think. It would be very interesting because uh, Nicholas Sayer isn't actually from the Old Kingdom. He originates yeah. in Ansarslier. He's actually the nephew of the chief minister of Ansarslier. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's he's Sam's friend who went to school there, and that's how they know each other. So there'll be a little bit of an adjustment if he does mm. <laughs> decide to visit again. I'm not sure his first visit went um, very I, well. I reminded of uh, the Simpsons episode where Comic Book Guy is, uh, is is introduced in a scene and he's reading reading a comic book. He says, "Aquaman, you cannot marry a human woman. You're from two different worlds." Uh, which they are in, uh, in 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 one sense, is that the the old kingdom and Anselcier are often described as different worlds, because uh, magic doesn't re- well magic doesn't really work in Alce- in Anselcier, um, unless there's, unless the wind's blowing. In the yeah, right apparently unless the wind is blowing <laughs> from across the wall, or or you're very close to the wall. Or you're very strong like Kerrigal. Yeah. One wonders what the world in general was like before the charter was created and the wall was built. I mean, do we even know why the wall was built? Mm. Do we know? Yeah, we're, we're, no. I don't think there's any, any reason given um, why after the charter was woven, it, it was seen that the world needed to be divided. Poss- possibly magic caused a great deal of suffering to a great deal of people. Possibly. And uh, those who chose to be uh, get shot of it once and for all mm. <laughs> moved south. 
And, uh, yeah, they just put up the army barracks there and so be it. So, if if it could be adapted in any way, what what kind of thing would you like to see uh, the books adapted into? Hmm, this is interesting because as a film, mm. different films, I think it'd be very difficult to make them into a film. It would almost be like an impossible task, like Aragon. Shall we never speak of that film again? <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be like a task on that kind of scale just yeah. to get the depth of it all and the richness and it all just, well, completely failed in the film. Don't get me wrong, I do love a bit of Jeremy Irons, but <laughs> uh, overall, dragons don't grow by lightning in the sky. Dragons don't have feathers. Dragons don't have feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that point was one that really stuck with me when I watched that film. They don't have feathers. Dragons don't have feathers. <laughs> well, they shouldn't. Uh, yeah. So I think as a film, it would be very difficult to do. Obviously, it's already a book series. Mm. Uh, so it could be interesting to watch an animated version That's as a of... TV series, not as a film, as a TV series. Mm. That's one of the things I thought. I... Of all the fantasy books I've read, I think, um, and you may not like this, but I always thought that uh, the the Old Kingdom series would be the one that would do best as an anime, rather okay. than any other kind of cartoon. Yeah. Because I think the uh, the animation of the bells and the activation of the magic would work very well in an anime, uh, rather than a traditional Western-style cartoon. No, it would be the the graphicness of it. Exactly. Uh, not to say that you couldn't do it in the kind of animation um, that you see with the uh, the legend of the legend of Korra or the legend of Aang. Yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, magic w- probably works best in if if you're trying to do it with, in a serious tone, which you would want it, which you would want the series to be. Um, it would work. Yeah, the animation would be best as an anime. Definitely. What about a uh, comic? Uh, I think it would work well as a comic book, but I just, I'm not, I you know, uh, possibly it hasn't been adapted into a comic book series, has it? I know a lot of books, like a lot of fancy books, like that, do get ad- adaptations. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Rings a bell. Maybe it already has. I know the Bartimaeus uh, series is, uh, has been done as a comic book series. Yes, now. it has. I think I might get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'd, you know, really something <laughs> ought to have researched before coming on and doing a podcast about it. But uh, No, I don't think uh, Sabriel has been mm. turned into it a... Would be, it would be interesting. It would be, not an official you, one, anyway. If you if you got a good art uh, a, a good art style for it, but I don't think it would bring anything new to the story, whereas an animated version would, or even a live action version of it would. I mean, if it's if you gave it the budget, say a Game of Thrones budget, which it would never get, no, um, then I I would also be interested to see a live action version of it as a as a TV series. Yeah, as a um, TV series, it'd do very well, but as a film. Mm. No, it, it'd just be a pointless waste of money to make money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the trouble with a lot of book series. I mean, uh, with the success of Game of Thrones, I'd say I, I'd almost you know nine times out of ten say that book series ought to be ad- adapted as TV shows these days rather yeah. than films. Um, yeah, but that's not to say it can't go can't. TV shows can't go very badly in adaptations. I mean, uh, if you just look at the TV series The Sword of Truth, um, which had adapted the Sword of Truth books, it's a terrible, terrible TV series. Tell us more. Um, well, I've, I... The Sword of Truth. It's... The trouble is, it just takes very loosely from the books. Um, and turns it into the sort of the worst kind of sci-fi channel uh, B-list show 
uh, <laughs> um, that, that you can imagine. Um, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of an equivalent show <laughs> people would know. Um, okay, let's say, do you rem- remember the uh, the the scenes in Stargate, in the TV show? Okay. When it was just an episode of them walking around the woods, and you could tell the they they they'd not bothered to do many special effects with this one, and the special effects they did do were obviously very much on the cheap. Yes. And it was mostly bad props. <laughs> that was the whole show in the Sword of Truth series. Okay. And it took, it was very loose with all the uh, the nuances and the rules of the world. Um, and uh, to either taking things too literally or not literally enough, um, and just yeah, a huge. I, I believe they only did one series of it, but uh, a huge disappointment to anyone who'd read uh, the fran- fran- frankly amazing fantasy books um, written by Terry Goodkind. Um, and it's the series. I believe the 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 last book uh, came out this year, which I haven't read yet, um, but they've been something like 15 books in these series in this series 15 full lord of the rings styles style tomes um around the adventures of uh, richard am richard and kaylin amnell so uh, yeah if anyone's looking for a good read um and a read that'll keep them going for a while i recommend the sword of truth series sword of truth you heard of here first people or not. I don't know when the books came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I say, they are a bit old now, um, but uh, they're still coming out. The writer's still still quite prolific. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, uh, back to Sabriel and Lirio. Uh, I think it's about time we got on to uh, some quiz and trivia. For my quiz, I've not got a huge quiz today, um, but I'd like you to close any wiki windows you have open on your computer, (laughs) just in in case. And two of these questions uh, have briefly been covered in what we've been saying today already. Okay. uh, Okay. So those two questions, I'll I'll expect you to get right. (laughs) Oh, no pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Okie dokie. Well, first question, uh, one I know you'll get right, is uh, <laughs> Edward Sayre is the chief minister in Anselstiere, but what relation is he to Nicholas Sayre? Is he Nicholas's uncle, his father, or his grandfather? Hang on, what? Say that again? Edward Sayre is yeah. the chief minister in Anselstiere, but what relation to, to relation is he to Nicholas Sayre, Sam's friend? Ah, right. Is he is he Nicholas's uncle? Is he Nicholas's father, or is he Nicholas's grandfather? Well, now you said that, I've completely forgotten. <laughs> uncle. Yes, that's correct. Oh, thank gosh for that. You're <laughs> uh, in the spot. Okay. Uh, which bell is Dyrim? Is it the wait? Is it the Walker, the Thinker, or the Speaker? Oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a waker, thinker, or speaker. Speaker. I'm going to say speaker. It's the speaker. Yay! Well done. Uh, now, what piece of furniture? Table. Ha- <laughs> in Abhorson's house has uh, this has the uh, the carving of a dragon. Table. Well. It's is it, uh, is, it, is desk. it a desk, a chair, or a bathtub? You're correct. It's the desk. <laughs> um, and the last question: Who can resist the call of the ninth gate if they see it? Is it Abhorsons, free magic sorcerers, or anyone who hasn't lived their full span of years? Ooh, interesting. I'm gonna say the last one. That's correct. Anyone who hasn't lived their full span of years uh, is able to resist the pull of the ninth gate and course, final so death. Can still go through. Uh, they can still go through if they want to. 
Yep. If you if you're ready to die. Mm. Um, but anyone who's lived past their normal span of years, so necromancers who've used free magic to stay alive, or greater dead spirits, uh, the the site of the ninth gate is final death to them. Yes, that's so, why they always don't look up. Nope, that's why you don't get many of them hanging around in the ninth precinct. Well done, four out of four. Yay! <laughs> I rule the Sabriel. You do. Well done. I do rule the Sabriel. Are you ready for some interesting facts? I am itching for some interesting facts. Ah, I've got a few little ones here for you. Um, on choosing the name Sabriel. So he tried numerous uh, different word combinations and word fragments to try and find the right name. He wanted something dark, mysterious, and powerful. So he was combining things that meant night and darkness with the I-E-L and A-E-L ending found in angels' names, such as, you know, Gabriel and Michael and so on and so forth. Um, So he started combining the heraldic term for black, which is sable, with E-L. And after a bunch of names that didn't sound quite not. Quite right up. Sound quite right. He ended up with Sabriel. Ah, I did not know that. I know. That's, a, that's an awesome fact. So it's kind of like you know, angelic but black, <laughs> but dark. When you started sort of talking about it, I wondered if maybe it come from the word saber, but no, that's yeah. sable is much better. Yeah. So sable, like Sableye, the Pokemon. Little, little evil sprite. Little evil guy. imp thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what is the next one. Uh, Sabriel was first published in 1995. That long ago. Yeah, yeah, it was really early. I was quite surprised because um, obviously I didn't discover it until uh, secondary school when I was about 13 or 14. Mm. That's you know. Good ten years after the books have been written. Yeah, I think I must have been at least fifteen when I first mm. uh, first discovered them. Discovered it in the library, perusing, and I thought, "Oh, this looks good." Well, for me, it was um, it was. I remember it was after my GCSEs, and uh, the GCSE years at my school. Once you'd done your GCSE exams, everyone got to go home. Uh, I was at a boarding school, um, but no. my uh, my parents were abroad at the time, so I couldn't go home. So everyone else in my year had left. <laughs> sort of a couple of weeks before the end of term, but I was sitting around twiddling my thumbs. Um, no. And uh, so someone uh, from the year above uh, lent me the uh, the tapes of the book uh, wow. as re- as read by the wonderful Tim Curry. Ah, I love listening to him his voice on the books. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I thought they it was a fantastic book, and I went straight to the library and <laughs> got out the second two and read those. And you never turn back. Never turn back. Until Clario. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. <Yeah>. Oh, Clario. <laughs> um, oh, here's one. The The original chapter outline of Sabriel has a, had a chapter called The Raft People, but he fought, unfortunately can't remember what that was going to be about. <laughs> so, but there's, there's a chapter that was going to be called The Raft People. Um, I, I, I'd imagine that maybe that turned into uh, turned into the people who live on the island. Yeah, who that's what I was island, thinking. Or, or maybe people they encounter on the way to Belisaire. Um, or just refers to people who have turned to living on the water because one of the things that mm. deters the undead and to some extent free magic is swift running water. Mm. Uh, so, or the sea. Something to that, or the sea. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, oh, here we go. There, there was going to be an, a name for the old kingdom. In his very early notes, the Old Kingdom was called Old Ardraw. 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 <laughs> and Arncestia was called New Ardraw. You <laughs> <laughs> can see why he changed it. Hmm. Old Kingdom does have that mysterious, you know. 
And it would have been just yet another fantasy world with that started with the letter A. <laughs> Anselstia, Allegasia. Um, there are probably others. Yes, they will be with A. <laughs> yeah. um, ah, the Paperwing. Uh, the Paperwing aircraft in the book was probably inspired by his childhood. His mother uh, was an artist papermaker. So she made lots of different artworks with paper of all kinds, uh, sometimes with many layers of colour and texture. That's fantastic. So, yeah. Um, Ah, here we go. This is the reason why. So while Sabriel was first published in 1995 in Australia, Mm. it wasn't published in England until 2002. Gosh, that long. So so that was shortly after I discovered it in 2003 or... So there we go. That's why we never really heard of it Imagine, <laughs> imagine writing yeah, an amazing fantasy book series and mm. not seeing not seeing the returns on it for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. George R. R. Martin. Well, those those were internationally popular for a while before they finally made. I never series, heard so. of it. Um, well, my. Um, uh, it was one of the things my my older brother, who's uh, who lives in New Zealand and is uh, nine years my senior, um, when the when the show came on, said, "Oh yeah, no, I read all the books <laughs> that were out then, ages oh. ago when I was at school." So. <laughs> well, well then. <laughs> yeah. Ah, piece of candy. <laughs> piece of candy. Piece of candy. Here's another piece of candy for you. Ooh. Sabriel has been translated into 41 different languages. 41? 41 Jeez. different languages. Yeah. They're very popular. Uh, oh, I bet they've done I bet they've done a Ponzi Latin version of it. Probably. <laughs> they, always do. They, they usually do that, yeah. With <laughs> yeah big, big, fantasy, big, big fantasy books. They get popular. Uh, oh, let's do one in Latin. Whee! That'll get kids interested in Latin. Uh, not. Uh, and finally, your final piece of candy, how he named the seven bells. Uh, the idea for the seven named bells in Abhorsen's and Necromancer's used to control, summon and command the dead came from the confluence of two things. Extrapolating from the traditional rite of exorcism, which is by bell, book, and candle. And by discovering the bells are often named. So usually when you go to your church, your bell, the bells are named. I mean, mm. look at Big Ben. That's the name of the bell, not of the tower, which is now no. called the Elizabeth Tower. So when it chimes, you're actually listening to the bell, which is the name. Yeah. Big ben. Yes. <laughs> and you first realised this, um, bells were named from reading... Dorothy says, Mystery the Nine Tailors. Oh. Yeah. So those are your fun Sabriel facts. I wonder if if he was in, in giving Nicola Sayre his name was referencing her. Dorothy Sayre. Oh, could have been like a whole... Um... Just a little nod of the head. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyway, well, thank yes. you for listening, everybody. Are we not going to give it a nice piece of rating candy? Oh, sorry, I forgot we... <laughs> you need to give it a rating. We do, How many pieces of candy are we going to give it? <laughs> Sabrina would be very disappointed. She would, she would. Sorry, Sabrina. That's why I like uh, Sabriel as well. It kind of sounds like Sabrina. <laughs> and also Sabrina has black hair. She does. She, she, was, she was... Clearly she was invented by a man. <laughs> Clearly, I think she'd be awesome as like a necromancer. Of course, Person. Sabrina'd be awesome as anything. Yes, yeah, she would. <laughs> like a rock bender, earth bender. Uh, okay. Um. Hmm. How many pieces of candy? I. I'm going to give this 30... (laughs) I'm going to give this 35. 35? 35. What's wrong with you? 
What's wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> explain yourself. Explain yourself. <laughs> explain yourself. Um, okay, I, 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 I'm going to give it 35. Um, some points off because um, you know, not, not every part of all the books is perfect. Um, and like, as I say, my sort of bits of complaint about uh, the the ending of Sabriel. Um, and Lyriel is a very long book with uh, which takes quite a while to get where it's going yes. in the middle book uh, especially uh, Prince Samoth's uh, chapters uh, early chapters in the book uh, are a bit of a slog <laughs> if I'm honest um, even a lot of Lyriel's chapters are a bit of a slog even, even once the disreputable dog shows up um, so it's losing points there. Um, and he's also losing some points from me because he's been so goddamn slow <laughs> to, uh, give us anything new since, uh, since the original, uh, trilogy came out. Um, 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, first came out. Uh, it took, uh, years and years for him to finally write Clariel, the prequel book. And when it came out, Clariel wasn't very good. Oh, Clariel. <laughs> Such a disappointment. Um, I know. Just uh, stop bitching about the forest. Go back to your tree, you tree person. <laughs> we just kept waiting for it to get good. And it didn't. No. Me, it was kind of interesting as a background history thing, because... Clariel's character does mm. make every appearance. You get yeah, you get some some perspective, perspective on on the old kingdom and the world as it was before Kerrigor, uh, before, the, well, before the years of the interregnum. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's good. But uh, Clariel herself is a thoroughly unlikable character. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and the book. You just keep waiting for the action to happen, and then something starts to happen. Oh, wait, no, we're just waiting now, are we? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, and even the ending is, the ending of the book is a bit of a wet fart. You know, it really is. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so uh, for, 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 for those two and a half reasons, I'm... <laughs> I'm giving the series a, uh, what does it say, 35 or 36? 35. 35. 35, so... 35 who... out of 42, which isn't a bad score. It's not too bad. It's like a, a B, B plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, hopefully uh, Golden Hand will be better. Fingers crossed. What about you? How many pieces of candy are you giving it? I'm probably going to give it a, a good old... Oh, this is difficult now. <laughs> you raised a lot of negative points about this, and Cariel does let it back, let it down mm. <laughs> a lot. And like you said, the books aren't completely perfect. There are some things that I would have liked to be different, such as a couple of the endings and just a bit more. Well, I remember the good bits. I mean, the the ending of Abhorson is brilliant. Oh and, yeah. Uh, the general the, and the general story of Sabriel is fantastic. The whole story, and, yeah. And they're, they're narrated by Garth Nix, which is uh, just sends you into paroxysms of delight whenever you listen to them, um, especially when he does Morgan's voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's good bits. Don't don't be oh. too downhearted. No. <laughs> there are massive good bits. This is one, possibly my favourite book series of all time. I probably prefer this series to Harry Potter. <sighs> I know, sacrilege. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. <laughs> um, but it definitely, because it just very much inspires me. I was very an impressionable young lass, as it were, mm. in my teens, and it, it was just a great place to escape to. It had a fantastic female strong lead and was like yeah you go kill things <laughs> so <laughs> um but i'm gonna give it probably i'm gonna give it a 38 no 37 okay i'm gonna give it a 37 for all the good points 
uh, and nostalgia, and just just the place it it takes you to when you read it is just completely different worlds that mm. you're in, uh, and it really gets your heart going when she's running away from these, well, from the Mordicant, which is a undead spirit imbued with flame and mud, and mm. it, it, it's it's not a very pretty thing. And she's running away from this. She's you know, she's fresh out of college. She doesn't know what to do. She's, you know, it, it's a very much coming of age story, and finding oneself in the big wide world, and finding out that sometimes it's you, full of monsters. You, it's full of fucking monsters, like the tax man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a very good mordicant. <laughs> um. So I'll give a good forty-eight out of thirty-eight out of forty-two. Good. Okay, right. Well, thanks very much for listening, everybody. Yep, that wraps us all up very nicely. We'll Thank you be... indeed for listening. Yep, and uh, we'll be with you again next week. We shall see you next week for more shenanigans and. Wow, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get shenanigans. Yeah, pretty much. Bye. (laughs) See you guys later.